0: Praise God. God bless you today. I'm, I'm going to go right to the word of the Lord today, and this will not be new stuff. Look at your neighbor and say, He's old, and He's going to give you old stuff. Amen. So I'm going to give you old stuff. But I'll tell you what I, I am today. I am, I am deeply, deeply concerned about the day that we live in and, and where the church falls into that era. I, I, come, I come this close tonight to calling every young person and all the student ministry and all the kids into this church tonight because what I am going to tell you tonight is so valuable for this church. It's so valuable. And it's so important to this church I preached a couple weeks ago on a Sunday, if you remember. I I preached about a changing world, but an unchanging God. Now, if I were to ask you what I preach, you couldn't have told me because you can't remember till Friday what I preach on Sunday. So I'm going to have to come back and remind you again, amen? My dad used to say, son, just preach the same thing, holler in different places, call it something else. They won't ever know it. Toby told me before church, he said, don't worry about it. said, people don't bring their Bibles anymore and they don't make notes in their Bibles that the preacher preached this on such and such a day. Everybody's got an iPhone. How many of y'all got your iPhones? Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. But I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures tonight. Who's with me tonight? The old pro, Tommy. Welcome back to town, Tommy. I missed you Sunday. Amen. But uh, I'm going I'm to give him a workout this evening. I, I want to I talk about a little subject here that, it, that, that I feel very, very uh, strongly about. And when we get out of this building, I hope you'll feel strongly too. You ought to take out a pen and paper, and you ought to write some notes, and you ought to remember what I'm going to tell you tonight because what I'm going to talk about tonight is, is as, probably is as important in this church and to our salvation As anything that I can talk about this evening. My subject today is this, the doctrine, somebody say the doctrine, really matters. It really matters. The doctrine really matters. Now we're living in an age where people are not too concerned about doctrine. I heard today, I heard today uh, uh, about a church that was going to start another service so that people that wanted to, to have a demonstration of the Spirit could have a demonstration, but they can't have it in their normal service. They're going to start another service so they can have a demonstration of the Spirit. They're afraid the demonstration of the Spirit will scare people off. Well, honey, let me tell you something. When you come to this church, expect a demonstration of the Holy Ghost because that's what we believe in here. Amen. Amen. Let me give you the definition of doctrine, I don't know if I've ever taken it from this direction. Here's the definition of doctrine, doctrine by the Webster Dictionary. It is a principle or position or the body of principles and a branch of knowledge or system of beliefs. It is also a principle of law established through past decisions. It is also something that is taught. The Cambridge Dictionary said it this way It is a belief or set of beliefs, especially political or religious ones, that are taught and accepted by a particular group. Well, tonight, you know, there's a lot of doctrines in the world. There's a military doctrine. Did you know that? The military has a doctrine. You get in the military, you go by their doctrine. Everybody said, Amen. You might as well agree with me because some of you don't know that, but it's the truth anyway. So tonight I'm not here to talk about a political doctrine or a government doctrine. I'm talking about the apostles' doctrine. I want to talk about Bible doctrine for just a little bit here tonight because what we have come to see in America and in the world is that we dispose, not us, but many people dispose of the doctrine in order to have this, this religiosity that feels good and makes people uh, comfortable and nobody gets uncomfortable. Let me tell you something. Could I just be honest with you tonight? It's about time we get uncomfortable when we come to church because a preacher needs to stir us and the Holy Ghost needs to convict us and the power needs to fall upon us and there needs to be a stirring in our heart. Amen. Amen. So so the world we live in is saying, well, it doesn't really matter what you believe. You ever heard that? Well, we're all going to the same place anyway, so it's not important what you believe. If you're on the Internet, welcome back. We had not seen you in three months. Grab your cup of coffee and hold on. You ought to be in church. But anyway. So, so it doesn't matter what we believe. Pastor, we're just all trying to get to heaven, and you know, you can believe whatever you want to believe as long as we all wind up in the same place. Well, grab your pen and grab you a piece of paper because I'm about to give you some things to go home with tonight. I'm talking tonight about the apostles' doctrine, and according to the definition, it is, it is a position or a body of principles in a branch of knowledge or system of belief. It is something that is taught. It is a set of beliefs, especially religious ones, that are taught and accepted by who? In this case, the apostles' doctrine. What they believed and what they taught that was given to them, not by man, but by Jesus Christ. It is the principles of their beliefs. Now, let me just be. Let me give you a pre. Let me give you some scripture, should I say, of of what I'm of, uh, what I'm talking about tonight. We all know that, and and probably ninety five percent of the church world believes that that uh, Pentecost was the beginning of the church in Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. And if you read on down in Acts chapter two, I'm going to cover. The first part of it a little later, but if you read on down to verse 41 and verse 42 of Acts chapter 2, the Bible said, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly. Somebody say steadfastly. The Bible said they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking bread and in prayers. We don't have a problem with the fellowship. We don't have a problem, sure, with breaking the bread. I'm going to tell you, we Pentecostals will eat no matter what. We can go to a banquet, and everybody's going to go out to eat after the banquet. Anybody in here like to eat beside me? I told my wife this week, I said, you know what, I just I just, I just, like to eat. I'm sorry, I just like to eat. Amen. We don't have any problem with all that, and we don't even have any problem in prayers. But when it gets to steadfast and apostles' doctrine, some people have a problem. Because there is a doctrine that is a Bible doctrine that we need to know and we've got to have. Everybody said amen. Acts chapter 5, the Bible talked about the apostles, and it said, it, it says, Saying in verse 28, saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? They're telling telling the disciples this. And behold, you, you disciples of Jesus have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. The apostles' doctrine and, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. It's important that we do what Jesus said. It's not important. My word is not nearly as important as his word. My word better line up with his word as a matter of fact. It It is so necessary to have the truth of doctrine that it came through the mouth of the apostle Paul in Romans chapter 16 and verse 17 He said this, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses, watch this, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. And furthermore, he said, avoid them. Avoid people that have come to cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine. And he said, Don't hang out with them. Avoid them. Thank you. I heard a couple. The rest of you is already at the Pizza Hut. Amen. Avoid them, for they are such. They are, they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple," he said. "Be careful now, because there's going to come they're going they're going to speak well, they're going to sound good. But if they come here contrary to the doctrine and and, and cause division with about the doctrine, he said, "You you don't, you need to get away from them. You don't need to hang out with them. Let me tell you something. Now now look, I'm a preacher, and and and." I have to hang with the right people because I am a product of whom I'm around. And guess what? So are you. I can't go down to the bar room every night and sit around with the drunks and fellowship with the drunks and still keep my status of being a man of God. Well, Hello. So so you can't hang out with people who are contrary to the apostles' doctrine and not be affected. Get it out of here, put it in here, and don't let anybody move you. Somebody shout amen. Here's here's something else. I'm just giving you some scriptures right quick. You, You can't be carried about. With just every doctrine. You know, there's some people, you ever, you ever been associated with anybody that they were just, you know, when they're in Rome, they just do like the Romans. Whatever everybody else is doing, that's what we'll do. Let me tell you something. To live for God, you got to have a backbone like a saw and a hide like an alligator. And you got to be tough-minded and tough-spirited and tough because the world is coming after you if you're living for God. They'll make fun of you. They'll laugh at you. They'll try to make make you a spectacle. They'll make you look like you're the only one trying to do the right thing. But you better stand up for God. Here's what the Bible said. Ephesians, Paul was talking to the church at Ephesus in chapter 4 and verse 14. He said that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay wait to deceive. But speaking the love or the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things which is the head, even Christ. In other words, he's saying, Don't be moved by everybody that comes along. Don't believe everything you hear. If he if he was in my day, he'd be saying, Don't believe every preacher you hear on the TV. Don't believe everything you hear on the radio. You, you know what? Know those that labor among you. That's what the Bible said. And get in the book and learn what the apostles' doctrine is. Hallelujah. I told you it's gonna be old stuff. But the doctrine really matters. Somebody say it with me. The doctrine really matters. Paul told Timothy to teach no other doctrine. He said it in 1 Timothy 1 and 3. He said, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. What is a doctrine? It's a set of beliefs. It's it's religious beliefs. It's something that is taught. Let me tell you something. We have the road map in our hand right here. We have the truth right here. This is the Word of God. Does anybody agree with me here tonight? This is the Word of God. You can't change this. I don't care how popular you get. You can't change this. The Bible tells us that a man that tries to change this book is in danger of the plagues of this book. You can't change the dotting of an I or the crossing of a T. You have to believe this to go to heaven. And furthermore, this Bible is of no man's private interpretation. You, Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. When somebody comes with a new doctrine and a new revelation, uh, you, better, you better avoid that. Because that's not new. That's just some old thing that's been rehatched. Amen. So Paul said, charge some." that they teach no other doctrine. Paul said, give attendance to the doctrine. In First Timothy chapter 4, he's talking to the young man Timothy, he said, in verse 12, let no man despise thy youth. Be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. He said, till I come, give attendance. Give attendance to reading and to exhortation and what else? The doctrine. In other words, pay attention. Make sure you get it down. Give attendance to the reading, to exhortation, and to the doctrine. I'm hurrying because i got a lot to say tonight. Take heed to the doctrine. Here's why. Take heed to the doctrine. What a doctrine. Somebody, what doctrine? Somebody say the apostles' doctrine. Not Danny Chance doctrine. Not Christian life doctrine. Not David Boland doctrine. Not Grady Kite doctrine. Not any preacher doctrine. The apostles' doctrine. Amen? Here's what the Bible said. Paul told Timothy this in 4.16. In 1 Timothy 4.16, he said, Take heed, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Here's why. For in doing this, in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Let me tell you something. I told somebody this not long ago. A crowd obviously don't constitute a church. You get big crowds at Disney World, but that's not the church. Amen? You put, you put 102,000 people in Tiger Stadium, but that's not the church. Hello? Just because you get a crowd don't mean you got a church. I don't care how quiet it gets. It's okay with me. I can preach whether you say amen or not. I've been doing it long enough that I can just do it whether you're even here or not. I proved that during the pandemic. I preached the empty pews for months. Amen. But here's the facts. Here's the facts. You can't do or say or be something just to get a crowd. You've got to stick with truth and the doctrines of God. The apostles' doctrine is important in 2021. All Scripture, the Bible said, 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. He said this Scripture is given by inspiration and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. But for doctrine, I can go on and on and on and on. Here's one. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. Listen to this. For the time will come, the time will come, when they will not endure what? Sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. That surely is the time that we're living in. Because, you see, this is what bugs me. And I don't mind telling you, it gets under my skin. When people say it doesn't really matter what you believe, then just throw this Bible out. We don't need that anymore if it really don't matter what you believe. Either this is right and it's all the way right, or it's wrong. Amen? You can't change it to fit Your situation, you can't change it to fit your fancy. It can't be preached to make everybody happy. The word of the Lord, the Bible said, that word is quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And sometimes it cuts down into the bone and the marrow. It hurts, it digs deep, it convicts. It causes us to feel condemned. It's what it's all about. It, who in here could ever raise a kid and no matter what he did, just say, well, it's all right, baby. You're going to be grown someday. What? You were not raised in GE's households, all I can tell you. You know the best kids are? Those that are corrected. Those that get correction. You know why the Lord corrects us? You know what the Bible said? He chastises those whom he loves. When you get correction from God, it's because he loves you. When you chastise your children, it's because you love them. It's not because you hate them. It's because you're trying to keep them on the right track. What I'm trying to tell you tonight is when the Lord puts the word upon us and it gets deep into our spirit and we're convicted and it's sound and it's word and it's God's word. Don't, hey, don't ever, don't ever do away with that. You know what I say? Preacher, preach to me. Come on, somebody preach to me because the Bible said you can't be saved without a preacher. Preacher. And he can't preach unless he's set. You need a godly man in your life, whether it's me or whoever. You need somebody that's going to tell you the truth of the Word of God and stand upon the Word of God and preach the apostles' doctrine because the doctrine really matters. Hallelujah. Now y'all are in real trouble. I've lost my place and all my notes and I can just preach what I want to. Hallelujah. I don't need notes anyway. Praise God. So, here's where we are. We've got to make the doctrine important in our lives. Can I, I, I give you one more thing before I move on? Listen to this. If you do not abide in the doctrine, you don't have God. Oh, preacher, that's strong. Yeah, that's in the book. You want me to read it? The Word said, if you don't even receive him into your house and don't bid him God speak, if you don't believe this doctrine. Let me take you to 2 John chapter 1, verse 9. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. I'm a Christian. Oh, really? We're going to find out in just a minute because I'm fixing to give you the apostle's doctrine. Oh, I'm on my way to heaven. I hope you are. You got to line up with this, though, not my word, because here's what John said. He said, if you don't abide in the doctrine of Christ, you you don't even have God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath, hath born both the Father and the Son. When you abide in him, then you got him. But if you don't abide in him, you want some more? Listen to this one. If there come any, this is the next verse. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God how are you going to say God bless you to, to somebody that's not preaching truth? Don't like this. I'm sorry. I'm in the word tonight. He said, the Lord said in his word, if there comes one among you and he don't bring this doctrine, we bring, there's not three doctrines. There's not two doctrines. There's only one doctrine of the Bible. There's only one truth of the Bible. You're saying you're the only one right? No, I'm not. I'm saying this is the only one right. This is what's right. Come on now. Do we believe the Word of God or not? Would y'all come expecting to have a picnic here on Wednesday night since we got out of these classes? I come to have church here tonight. This is the doctrine of the Bible, and it's important. He said if somebody comes bringing you another doctrine, you don't put him in your house, don't bid him Godspeed. For he bideth, he that bideth him biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. You better grab your seatbelt. I'm fixing to say a couple of things. That's why, that's why you don't know a lot of stuff about people in the media. And some of you will write a check and put it in the mail, and you don't have a clue what that man believes. I had not said this kind of stuff in a while, but I'm about to. Because let me tell you something. The Bible said, I'm going to quote it again, know them that labor among you. Try them by their fruits. Know what they believe. Know where your money's going. There was a guy over in Dallas, Texas a few years ago. I saw the report. and, 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 And look, they were thousands and thousands of envelopes every day with money and letters and prayer requests. You know what he did? He tore the they got him on film. They got him on video. He was tearing the checks out of the letters and taking the checks never prayed for one of them, throwed them in the trash and burned them. But he was getting the money and making thousands and thousands and thousands. You know what happens here when you dial 343-8946? You get somebody on the phone and you say, Would you have prayer for me? And we pray for you. You don't have to send a check. <laughs> I'm having fun tonight. There was a man who came through this church one time, and uh, a man. Let me say this: There's a man in this church one time, and he gave a guy ten thousand dollars. He didn't think I knew it. He don't know this day I knew it. Y'all don't get quiet. Over Why you care about that? Know them that labor among you. Make sure they're preaching the doctrine of truth. You're going to put your money somewhere. You're going to put your time somewhere. You're going to put your heart somewhere. Put it somewhere you can believe in and you know it's right. Hello? Now. Peter helped establish the doctrine of the apostles. you got to go back real quick to Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus asked his disciples, Whom do men say that I am? Matthew chapter 16. And you probably have read it, but I'm going to give it to you again just for the sake of those of you that hadn't. Simon said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, this is Jesus talking, Thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is what he said in verse 19 of chapter 16 of Matthew. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So what happened here is the the, Jesus gave the keys to the kingdom of God to Simon Peter. Simon was an apostle. Simon was a follower of Jesus. Simon was about to help establish apostles' doctrine. And Jesus said... Whatever you say is the way it's going to be, Simon. He said, whatever you bind on earth, I'm going to bind it in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, I'm going to loose it in heaven. Here is the key. Now, let me tell you something. I got a, I got a couple of keys in my pocket tonight. But if I gave you this key and I sit here, you can have my truck. Good luck. This won't fit my truck. Amen. So it takes the right key to open the right door. Anybody ever got frustrated trying to put a key in a in a lock that wouldn't work? Yeah, just you know, and and that's where we are in 2021. There's a lot of folks with a lot of keys, but they're not opening the kingdom. To open the kingdom, you got to get Simon Peter's key. He had the keys. Somebody say he had the keys. Literally, if I could put it in literal sense, the Lord looked at Simon that day and said, here, here's the keys to the kingdom. You, you, you tell us what we need to do. I'm going somewhere. It's simple, but here it is. And then in Luke chapter 24 and verse 46, Jesus was commanding his disciples before he was resurrected, uh, before he ascended, could I say. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer to rise from the dead the third day. He had already died already rose again. And this is what he said to them in Luke 24. He said that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you're witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. That was just before Jesus ascended into the clouds. He met with his disciples. He said, I want you to preach repentance and remission of sins, and I want you to go to Jerusalem, and you're going to be endued with power from on high. Everybody with me? So this is what Jesus told the disciples to do. So what's Jesus' doctrine? Repentance, remission of sins. How do you get remission of sins? I heard it. Who said it? Baptized. How do I know that? Because the Bible said repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Your sins are remitted in baptism. So he said you go preach repentance and remission of sins and then you go to Jerusalem and I'm going I'm to send the promise of the Father. Okay, i got to move on. Here's what Jesus said. Here's his doctrine. Nicodemus, John chapter 3. You ought to mark that chapter in your Bible. It's very important. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou... Except God be with him. Jesus answered him, answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, watch me now, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Right? And Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. In other words, when you were born the first time by your mother, you were flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit this second birth is a spiritual birth? You are born once, you can die twice because you can die a physical death and a spiritual death. But if you're born twice, you only die once. They can roll my old body down here, but I'm just asleep. I'm coming out of that out of that grave when the trump of God sounds. So I born once. I born once. I die twice. I born twice. I die one time. Jesus said. Marvel not that I said unto you, or unto thee, you must be born again. For the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth, so is every one. Say this with me, so is every one. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. You see, Jesus was saying some things right here that was going to take place in the future because he said, don't. Don't marvel that I'm saying that you've got to be born of water and spirit because when the wind blows, there's going to be a sound and you won't know where it comes from and you don't know where it's going, but so is everyone that is born of the spirit. Let me take you to Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What Jesus said was the wind's going to blow and you'll hear the sound thereof. You won't know where it's coming from. You won't know where it's going, but so is every man that's born of the Spirit. The day of Pentecost, just a little bit later, here it comes. The wind came. The rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house, and there appeared to them cloven tongues like as fire, and it set upon each of them, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Jimmy Williams, say, praise the Lord. I gave Jimmy Williams the utterance. That makes sense? You know what happens when people get the Holy Ghost? The Spirit of the Lord gives you utterance. And when He speaks, He speaks through you in another language. It's very simple. It's very simple. Very simple. As a matter of fact, so simple that 120 got it immediately that day. And after Peter preached, 3,000 more got it. And in the next chapter, 5,000 more received it. And the history tells us that before the first church was persecuted, before there came one persecution, 87,000 people had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can't be too hard. I said it can't be too hard. So what happened when the Holy Ghost fell? Here's what happened. Acts chapter 2, verse 12. They were all amazed. I, 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 didn't, I didn't read all the scriptures because I, I, I can't pronounce all the names of all the peoples there. That's really not why I didn't read it, but it is kind of tough. (laughs) You go read it for yourself, but I don't have time to read everything tonight. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, they're still mocking us. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, Peter, is it? Peter. Is that that same guy in Matthew chapter 16? Peter? That same guy that the Lord said here. Here's the keys. That same guy, Peter, it's in the Bible, standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said to them, you men of Judea, all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you. Hearken to my words. These are not drunken, as you suppose. I wish I had time to preach tonight. He didn't say they wasn't drunk. He just said they wasn't drunk like you think they are. Seeing it's only the third hour of the day. Everybody say it was 9 o'clock in the morning. But this is that. Peter said, which was spoken by the prophet Joel, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And he goes on to prophesy exactly what Joel said was going to happen. He preached, and during that time in Acts chapter 2, he preached Christ and him crucified until there was conviction in the crowd. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, here, I'm giving you apostles' doctrine today. The apostle doctrine, the apostle that had the key, preached Christ and him crucified. I wish I had time to read every bit of it tonight. But this is what happened in verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Is everybody with me tonight? Then Peter, that same guy, that same guy, took the keys out that Jesus handed him in Matthew chapter 16, and he said, here's what you have to do. You've got to repent of your sins. You gotta, I've already quoted it. You've got to be baptized. Every one of you, somebody say every one of you. Not some of you, every one of you. That's what we did here a few weeks ago. We had 17 on one day, or 14 on one day, receive baptism right here, right here. We we hooked her up right here. As a matter of fact, Renee's here tonight. John's off working. I'm baptizing the rest of their family on Father's Day. Isn't that awesome? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the apostles' doctrine. Everybody still with me? He didn't stop there. You want me to quote the rest of it? For the promises unto you and to your children and to all those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying unto them, Save yourself. Save yourself from this untoward generation. Let me move quickly. So this is what the apostles taught. As a matter of fact, Paul believed this so strongly. In Romans chapter 8, in talking to the church at Rome, he said in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body's dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. He's saying, Paul is saying, you've got to have the Spirit of God. Jesus said you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. Right? What came at Pentecost? This is that which was bo- spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my what? Spirit. So we have to believe that repentance and baptism and the infilling of the Spirit of God is the apostles' doctrine. That's what they taught. How do I know this? Acts chapter 8. I got got 12 minutes, 13 minutes. Acts chapter 8. Then Philip went down, verse 5. Then Philip went down to, to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits crying out or crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and there and many taken with palsies and that were lame and were healed and there was great joy in the city there was great joy why because they were seeing the miracles that were in the city it was great joy, but you gotta, they, they had repented. There's, there's a clean feeling when a man repents, but he's not through there. You repent, and God forgives. You go down in water to have those sins remitted or washed away. Everybody do your head like this. You with me? Man, I love what I'm talking about tonight. And then the Bible said in Acts chapter 8, verse 12, But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. So so that's what happened at Samaria. Here's what happened. No, let me read on. Let, Let me read on. They repented in those first verses I read. They were baptized in the second verses. Let me go to verse 14. When the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, the apostles' doctrine, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet... He was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They'd been baptized, but they had not received the Holy Ghost. And then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. So they repented, they were baptized, and they received the Holy Spirit of God. Isn't that awesome? That's the apostles' doctrine. You want to know what else happened? In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost fell on all the Jews. That was all Jewish people there. But in Acts chapter 10, I don't have time to go through the whole thing. Remember a guy by the name of Cornelius? If you go read Acts chapter 10, the first verse or two says, he was a devout man, he prayed much, he gave much alms. The Lord recognized he was a good man. And so the Lord, while Cornelius is is asking the Lord to no doubt save him and his house, the Lord's over here working on Simon who? That same guy. That same guy is down at Joppa and he's on a roof and the Lord gives him a vision. And he's shaking all kind of animals out of a sheet. And he says to Peter, take and eat. And Peter, being a Jew, said, oh, no, 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 no. I can't do that. I'm a Jew. That's unclean stuff. I mean, it was rabbits and all kind of stuff coming out of that sheet. We can't do that. A little pork. We can't do that. We're Jews. He said, what I've made clean is clean. You know what he was doing? He was giving Peter a vision. And that same guy, Peter, took his key and went down to Cornelius' house. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 44... Peter was speaking and the Bible said, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word and they of the circumcision which, were, which believed were astonished, that's the Jews, as many as came with Peter because on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God and then answered Peter can any man forbid water that these should be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus he didn't suggest it he didn't didn't say y'all might want to be he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus so they repented and they received the Holy Ghost, and they were baptized. Hallelujah. We're talking about apostles' doctrine. Why don't the world want this? What's wrong with people? Why does anybody want to deny that what I'm giving you as Scripture is the book of Acts Church and is the apostles' doctrine? This is what the Scriptures that I read to you, this is what they taught. This is what they believed. Why would anybody not want to receive the baptism of the Spirit of God. I want everything God's got for me. Can I hear an amen here tonight? I want everything God's got for me. I don't want half of it or three-fourths of it. I want everything God's got for me. So, So the Jews got mad when the Gentiles received the Holy Ghost. They did. Matter of fact, they had a little convocation, and, and Peter was called in in Acts chapter 11. The Bible said uh, Peter was explaining to them why he was at Cornelius's house. In verse 12, he said, The Spirit made me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send down to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. That's what happened in Acts chapter 10. Cornelius was praying, and the Lord said, Go send somebody down to Joppa. There's a man by the name of Peter. He's on the rooftop of Simon, the tanner's house. Get him and bring him to your house. So here's Peter explaining it. And he said in verse 14, Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and, and thy house shall be saved? And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then I remembered, then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. What was I that I could withstand God? You know what he's saying? These Gentiles received the same thing that we did in Acts chapter 2 at Jerusalem at the day of Pentecost. They got the same experience. I was debating a guy, six hours of it one day, and he kept trying to tell me that the gift of the Holy Ghost and the filling, the infilling of the Holy, or being filled with the Holy Ghost were not synonymous terms. He tried to convince me that Acts chapter 2 was a different experience than Acts chapter 10. Because he believed, his religion believes, that only the 12 apostles got the Holy Ghost. I don't believe that. So, 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 he kept on till I got to Acts chapter 11. And when Peter said, the like gift, who am I to withstand God? He gave them the very same thing. He closed his Bible and said, you know what, preacher, I'm going to have to study that. I've never heard from him again. He's still studying. So it fell on the Jews. Everybody say they received the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 10, it fell on the the Gentiles. They received the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 8, you know what Samaritans are? Does anybody here know what Samaritans are? They're half-breeds. They're half-Jews and half-Gentiles. Samaritans are half-breeds. The Jews hated them. So it fell on the in-between. It got the Jews the Gentiles, and the in-between. Isn't it amazing how God fixed this all up? I said, well, you know, what about us? Well, what about us? Let me take you to one more scripture before I hurry to a close tonight. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed. And they said unto him, we have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. In other words, Paul comes upon these disciples, uh, these, these religious people, and he said, have you guys received the Holy Ghost since you believe?" I'm putting in our terminology now, okay. He didn't say you guys, probably. He wasn't from Louisiana. Have you ever received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, what's the Holy Ghost? We hadn't heard about the Holy Ghost. He said, Watch this. He said to them, under what then were you baptized? They said, oh, John baptized us. We were baptized under John's baptism. And Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him which had come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, there, there's a couple of things you've got to see right here. They were believers But just because you are a believer doesn't make you have the Holy Ghost. They believed, but they had not yet received the Spirit of God. I'm giving you my word tonight. Giving you God's word tonight. So when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. All the men were about 12. Why did the apostles spend the rest of the Bible? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four Gospels, okay? I'm, I had to have a lot of material tonight because my wife wouldn't help me sing, so I got I to take up 55 minutes. She'll kill me when I get home. So, so, I got a lot of material. But I, there's four Gospels. The life, the birth, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ's earthly ministry is all recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Got that? That's four Gospels. Acts is called the Acts of the Apostles. It's the beginning or the birthday of the church. And it's the miracle signs and wonders that happen in the early ministry of the apostles. This, the book of Acts, is where the church was absolutely established. What they believed, what they taught, everything that was ha- is recorded in the book of Acts. There's miracles there, there's signs there, there's preaching there, there's judgment there, there's all kinds of stuff. But, but the book of Acts, from the book of Acts all the way to the book of Revelations, before you get to the book of Revelation, there are books that are called epistles. Somebody say epistles. I'm helping you tonight. Does anybody here know what an epistle is? It's not an apostle's wife. It's a letter to who? To the church. You don't go to Romans to find out how to get saved. You go to Romans to find out how to stay saved. You don't go to Galatians to find out how to get saved. You go to Galatians to find out how to stay saved. The Bible said rightfully divide the word of truth. or rightly divide the word of truth. I'm dividing it for you right now. From Romans through Jude is epistles, letters written to people who are already saved and, and instructing them how to live, how to die, how to, how to go through life, how to treat your brother, how to have, look, this church, this church believes in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in nine spiritual gifts, You'll find them in the book of Corinthians. We believe in the fruit of the Spirit. Matter of fact, we believe they are the continuing evidence of somebody receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They are the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, meekness, kindness, temperance. With me? So we believe that. But you don't find out how to get saved, Romans through Jude. You find out how to stay saved. It was letters to the church. There's not one theologian. Why people can't get this in their coranum, I don't understand. There's not one theologian anywhere that will not tell you that Romans through Jude is epistles. Now, Revelation is the last book of the New Testament. It is the book of apocalypse. It is a book of prophecy. It is a book of what's going to happen, okay? that's a book of Revelation. So, what I'm saying to you is all through Romans through Jude, we read these scriptures that I read to you tonight about Save yourself with a doctrine. Stay with the doctrine. Be sure you don't turn with every wind of doctrine. Be sure you got stable in the doctrine. The doctrine's gonna save you. And then then people will deny what the apostles believe. Let me tell you what I believe. I believe the apostles' doctrine. I believe in repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. I believe that he is the God of everything, hallelujah. I still believe in signs and wonders and miracles. I'm not talking about something far out that you can't receive. Everybody in this room ought to receive the baptism of the Spirit of God into your life because that, my friend, is the ultimate experience that God wants to give every man. And that is what it's going to take to get out of here. Doctrine really matters. Paul said it in Galatians chapter 1, and I close. Two minutes overtime. Y'all pay extra tonight. I hadn't received an offer, and we get it at the end of the church. Here's what he said I marvel that you are so soon removed from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me, here it is right here. Let me quote it verbatim. I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into, unto another gospel. Do you hear what he said? Another gospel. Move on, Brother Tommy. Which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert. I dare you to go look up the word pervert. I dare you to go look it up. He said there's some that would change the gospel. There's people that's trying to pervert it. You know what a pervert is? (laughs) That's somebody trying to change (laughs) Never thought about it that way till tonight, but here we are. We're living in a world of a bunch of perverts. They're trying to change. But he said there's some that tried to pervert or change the gospel of Christ. Watch this. Here we go. I'm closing. Watch this next verse. But though we, Paul is saying this, if it's me or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Well, that's powerful in it. Here's how powerful it is. The next verse is what he said. As we said before, so say I now get if any man, somebody in this room say if any man preach any other gospel unto you that ye have received, let him be accursed. You know what Paul preached? The same thing Peter preached. The same thing John preached. The same thing the apostles preached. Christ and him crucified. Repentance, remission of sin. Baptism, Holy Ghost, righteous living, clean living, holy living. I could preach a lot of things tonight. But this is the foundation and the basics of the Apostles' doctrine. It bothers me. Let me tell you something. It bothers me when people have come to the knowledge of truth. It bothers God too. And anybody that would turn from truth and fellowship with people that don't believe truth. And in my opinion, my opinion, there's one unpardonable sin in the Scriptures. Watch me closely now, okay? The unpardonable sin of the Scripture where man cannot find forgiveness is when he denies the Holy Ghost. You can't deny it unless you've had it. But if you've had it, you better not deny it. Because when you deny it, I'm not the judge, but you are tottering on blasphemy. The, Jesus said, the only sin that is unforgivable is blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. He'll forgive you of murder, adultery, homosexuality, theft, lying, whatever you want to talk about. Spirits, but when you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, and when people walk away from truth and say, I don't believe that anymore, (sighs) scares me to death. Scares me to death. I don't want anybody to go to hell. But I'm just telling you it scares me to death and I wouldn't be in those shoes for anything in the world. Let me tell you, if it ain't but me and Mama and Earlene that come here every Sunday, I'm never going to walk away from this doctrine. I'm never going to walk away from this doctrine. I'm never going to deny this doctrine because this doctrine is so important. Shall we stand? I had not got to do this in three months. So I'm just unloading on y'all tonight. I love you all. The doctrine really matters. I want you to study it. I want you to get it deep in your spirit. I didn't preach it by accident tonight. Somebody may be watching on the internet that's never heard what I preach tonight. The doctrine really matters. Don't let a preacher tell you it don't. Don't let a saint tell you. Don't let your best friend tell you. Well, it don't really matter. It matters. It matters what you believe. It matters. Are we all wanting to go to the same place? Yes, but there ain't but one way. I read the book. You go look this scripture up. It says, straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, and few. Few. Well, according to some people, the whole world is going to heaven. You don't have to do anything. Just be religious. Everybody's going to heaven. It's not true. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way, and few there be.